part of the reason why I wanted to come on the show with you is because you've reached the point where I feel a lot of us want to be. And like you said, you started off with one door. You started off exactly where we are. So I wanted to know like what your experience was like starting off as well. Hey, it's JP. Hi, it's Excel. And you're listening to Terry Shower on the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. I have with me today my returning guest, Stephanie, young investor who um, I first met at our networking events. And we're going to do a mini series that kind of charts uh, Stephanie's journey into the world of investing from the motivations in the beginning to closing on a first property and then what um, she and her partner did to kind of get over those first few weeks of ownership. So the episode today is really going to look at how do you go from an idea? How do you go from being motivated that real estate investing, you think it might be for you? How do you go from there to being ready to sign up for an offer? So Stephanie, just by way of introduction, do you want to give us a really quick like two lines about you know, who you are, what you do, and what what your motivation is for, for wanting to do this miniseries. Okay. Hi. Well, thank you for having me back as a returning guest. Um, I wanted to do this miniseries for a few reasons. I felt like there was a lot of emotions that came along with this journey, and I really wanted to highlight that. And I feel like a lot of the trainings that I've done and podcasts I've listened to often highlight the actions that you need to take. And what I realized is that there's a lot of emotions that come along with it. And it's hard to navigate those emotions. And I think for a lot of the beginner investors that listen to your show, I wanted to create a sort of like a relatable reference for them and maybe provide some motivation that like if I can do it, anyone else can. And I used a lot of the tools that you had given us through the real estate investors networking event and this podcast. And I just want to say that it works if you follow along. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Let's start with, um, you know, I guess your why with how you came into the ecosystem in the first place. Like what made you decide that you wanted to start investing and then what happened? Okay, it started a bit because, first of all, my grandfather was an immigrant from Italy and he bought his building, which was a fourplex, I believe, and he always collected rents and that's just kind of the way my parents, well, my dad was brought up and I saw a lot of that and I saw the benefits of having those rental incomes, but I just never thought that I can get to that point. Um, when I got my first full-time job after school, I saved up enough money to buy my condo, but my ideology back then was paid off as soon as possible. It, it was to invest and to rent it out, but it wasn't really to scale. It was more hold on to this, make a few bucks, and then have more equity in it down the line. And then it, I had a bad experience with renting this condo that I'm in with subletting in the tenants and I just didn't want anything to do with it. And it wasn't until I think less than a year ago that my partner, Michael, came to me and he was like, oh, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Can we get back into this? Um, I think it'd be fun if we built up this real estate empire. Like, There's a lot of benefits to it. And I was like, I want nothing to do with the tenants. And he's like, okay, I'll take care of that part. You take care of whatever you're get, good at, which is admin stuff, background stuff, and keeping up the motivation side of things. So that's kind of how we got into it. And I read the book after he had recommended it. And we keep 
had like this frenzy of learning. We, t- I think it took a month of just reading books, watching YouTube videos, listening to podcasts. We were in deep and like that's all we were thinking of. We kind of slowed down after that. I think we got burned out because all that information takes a toll on you. You have the motivation to get through it, but then at a certain point, it's just too much and you kind of want to go back to just watching TV and hanging out with friends and that kind of slowed us down a little bit. For at least a few months, we didn't think about real estate at all. But that's how we got started this second phase of my journey in real estate. So let's let's just, I want to get into that a little bit. So you have this motivation and then the first thing you do is you kind of like pick the low-hanging fruit, which is the free resources or the low-cost resources of like books, YouTube, stuff you can do in your house that like doesn't involve, I would say, too much getting out of your comfort zone, right? Like if I think of like the things that would make me nervous, like if I have to actually get in my car, go to a networking event and like face real human beings, it's like way more anxiety provoking than like, let me buy a book and read this book or like, let me watch this YouTube video to learn about something. So you want to say something about that? Like why, you know, it seems like the natural place to start there. But um, what were the, you know, the feelings associated with that? And then what made you transition from there to like maybe taking the next step on the exiting of the comfort zone? Yeah. So the emotions were definitely feeling overwhelmed. Like, how are we ever going to get there? I was listening to, let's say, the guests on your podcast and feeling inspired by them and where they got into in their journeys. But then oftentimes I was asking myself, like, how will I ever get there? And just feeling discouraged. And I think you just have to, well, what I did, I brought it back to my why. And I know that's so cliche. Everyone talks about what are your whys. But what I really wanted was to get to a point where I don't have to rely on my full-time job. Like I want to be financially free, but not to just sit back passively on my yacht and enjoy the passive income from rents and stuff. I just want to be able to choose what I do with my life. And I actually was talking to a friend and she told me that her mom was diagnosed with leukemia and two weeks prior I was talking to this friend my friend's mom and she was talking about how how excited she was that she was retiring in the next few months and I was like wow that that's hard you work your whole life and then you get diagnosed with this life-threatening cancer and like I don't want to get to that point I want to take control of that so after I got discouraged from just I don't know all those doubts in your head and saying that you can't do it I think like I know it's going to pay off in the long run and that's what I try to focus on all the time is just why am I doing this and a lot of self-talk it's very repetitive that emotional roller coaster of being super excited and motivated and then one thing like in a snap just brings you down and you think you can't do it anymore like that's too hard or I don't want to fail like there's the fear of failing too like it's hard to get started. Sorry, I'm not sure if I answered your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think I think yes, indirectly. Like, you know, so my, my question was as far as like the feelings at that stage of the journey, which and, and one, of the, one of the things that you pointed out that I think is a really good point for all of us who, um, you know, in the mentoring space and the coaching space who are trying to make it easy for people like you to, you know, start out is that um, having very advanced people on the show, people who are like at the top of their uh, top of the industry, top of their game, like it's inspiring, but it can also have the opposite effect of being a little bit intimidating and kind of like, sh- you know, shutting people down or, or giving you the feeling like, how will I ever get there? Like if I don't get to 100 doors, if I don't have a thousand doors, like is my experience really worthwhile and is it worth it for me to do this? So, you know, I think that's 
um, in terms of the motivation behind doing this series. I think that's a, a like a great motivation. And I think it's also a very real part of the journey that like if you're sitting there at the beginning and, you know, like me as somebody who facilitates the networking events, like I see that I see like when people first come into the into the room very often, like they're like, oh, you know, like I'm just here to meet people like I'm not really an investor. I just have like one condo, you know, like, like it's almost like they're they're projecting like I'm ashamed to be here or I don't belong here. And I yeah. think that, um, you know, if, if there's a way to help people along that journey, the first thing is that like, you know, in, in jiu-jitsu, we say like everybody starts out as a white belt. So like everybody who's wearing a black belt in the room, everybody who has 100 doors, 1,000 doors, whatever it is, we all started with the first door. We all started in exactly the position that you were where we knew nothing. We read Rich Dad Poor Dad. <laughs> there weren't podcasts back in the day, but so like, you know, in my case, I, I shook hands with some slimy agents and like had some conversations with people who actually didn't know what they were talking about. But that there's always like those first steps that you take on your journey when you don't know a whole lot. And that that's almost like the facing down the imposter syndrome is almost the most difficult thing. Yeah, I was just going to say that that's part of the reason why I wanted to come on the show with you is because you've reached the point where I feel a lot of us want to be. And like you said, you started off with one door, you start off exactly where we are. So I wanted to know like what your experience was like starting off as well. Like, did you also feel these feelings of doubt? And like, I know your story we had spoken about in previous podcasts, but what were the emotions that you were facing when you first started? Did you think that you would be able to do it? Or what What was that like for you? I mean, I think for me, the whole thing was just a, a lot less intentional because it's like I didn't really set out to be an investor, you know, like I, I started managing property because I was managing the student home that I was in. I knew I liked that model. When I moved to Vancouver, I wanted to live in that kind of environment, but it didn't exist. So I'm like, okay, let me rent a house and create it. And then after that, I like I'd already been basically running the business model that I wanted to run when I, I came back to Montreal. And I'm like, no, no I want to like continue to live in this environment. But I also read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So like I kind of already came into it a little bit knowing what I was doing like it's it's not like I started out from zero and was like okay I want to start investing it's like like I kind of fell into real estate and I would say for me the imposter syndrome was further down the road like I kind of you know unconsciously built my empire to like nine doors with my three triplexes in Hochelaga which I was running like like student housing and then I'm like okay now this is what I this is what I want to do I don't want to be an academic. I don't want to be a prof. I finished my PhD. I don't want to do this with my life. I want to be a real estate investor. Like this is not just something I'm doing as a sideline. This is not just like a lifestyle business that I'm running because I can. It's like, no, now this has to become a real thing. And like, so for me, like that was when the the imposter syndrome kicked in. And I feel like I did exactly what you should not do, which is that I like hid from it for like 10 years. And so like I stayed with my nine doors basically for 10 years time until I started, you know, attending the the real estate investors club meeting and getting involved with other investors. And it was really through networking that I began to see, okay, what are those incremental steps that I can take to really grow as an investor? And so I'm going to kick it back to you, Stephanie. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell me a little bit what that was like? Because then you go from like the YouTube podcast book phase and you're like, okay, let's now go to some networking events. Let's maybe put down some money for for some classes. So tell me, what 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 was that next step like? Enjoying the episode so far? Have you really been listening to the episode or has your monkey mind been taking you off in one direction or another? 
Our mental habits can be our biggest assets or our biggest liabilities as we pursue certain goals. For me, the biggest performance gains have always come from training my mind. In my book, Mindful Landlord, I talk about how you can train your mind and how you can apply some of these strategies to your journey in the real estate field. The book is available on Amazon and also on its website, mindfullandlord.com. Now I'll stop evangelizing for the power of mental training and let you get back to the show. Yeah, so that next step was still like uncertainty. Like, do we want to go to the networking events? Being intimidated by the potential of it only being seasoned investors. And I just thought to myself, I was like, why am I holding back? Even if they are seasoned, they have a ton of information to share with me. And it also helped that I was going with a partner, Michael, my partner. Um, if there's any advice that I can give to your listeners, it's find someone who you can go to these events with. I feel like it's comforting to have someone there that you know. And so going back to our first networking event we were actually taking a kickboxing class at the time and it landed on the same night and we're like okay do we really want to spend or lose our money on the kickboxing class and then spend the money for the tickets to the networking event I was like it's going to pay off in the long run let's miss this class we can always take more in the future and we just need to be consistent with it and make a name for ourselves and just have people remember us and since that date like we've gone to every networking event that there's been on every monthly networking event that there's been. And what I've noticed is that there are a lot of beginners. Like there's a lot of people that are in exactly in the same boat as me. And even after my third event, I almost felt like I was one of the seasoned ones. Like I wasn't nervous to be there anymore. It's still intimidating to go up to people. There was one event where Michael wasn't there. So I was kind of going solo and it's intimidating to go up to people and be like, Hey, my name's Stephanie. I'm new with this. Like where are you at in your journey? And almost everyone I ran into or like they were just a few steps ahead of me or a few steps behind me. And that also encouraged me to go back because there's such a variety of people that you meet. And it wasn't as intimidating after the first few times. But what really encouraged me at the beginning was I'm missing out by not going and that I really, if I was serious about it, I needed to make a name for myself and I needed to be recognized by being consistent and taking it seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mean, I think it's that the consistency is really is a great point too. like for sure the you know, the first event you go to, like you said, you know, making making a name for yourself, like how do you, as somebody inexperienced, become a known entity in that network because that's ultimately what you're trying to do. Like it's not true that you go to one networking event, chit chat with people for fifteen minutes, never go back and expect to have some results. Like you have to be consistent about it. You have to keep going back and then, you know, follow up on some of the connections you make, uh, which you, you guys did very well, like with me, for example, but like, you know, following up that once you leave the room, whatever business cards or like social connections you make, don't let those leads go cold. Um, yeah. So, you know, and, and just by being in the room, because I think like as you, you describe effectively, like your comfort level will go up any of the additional times that you go. And it gets easier to like, you know, present yourself to be in the room. And then you, you kind of adapt yourself to that and it gets easier. Do you have like a specific advice as far as like, I think for the one thing of like also going with a, you know, a friend, maybe I would go so far as even to say one friend, but not two, because yeah. if you attend networking events with like a clique of people. The temptation is it then turns into like, let me hang out with my clique yeah. of four or five people and like not really mix. Whereas like if you're two, you're not going to spend like 
two or three hours just in a corner with that same person. So like, yeah. you know, <laughs> bring the blankie. Don't bring your blankie and like five stuffies, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think it's funny that you say that, like only go with one person. We almost did like a tag team. We would kind of divide and conquer. Like we'd tackle different groups and we'd get back together after half an hour and be like, oh, I spoke to that person. I spoke to that person. Like, what did you learn? And I was like, okay, like we came here and sorry, something else I forgot to mention is I would be prepared before going to the networking events based on where we were in our journey. So I would like talk to Michael. I was like, okay, do we talk about this? Do we talk about this? Like, these are the three reasons why we came tonight. This is what we need to tackle for the next steps in our journey. And we need to find out information on this. So it was, I feel like you could also cover a lot more ground with the second person there. And yeah, it was, it was fun. And something else that about networking events now is that they're fun. Like you make friends. I've made so many friends there that I've even hung out with them outside talking about real estate. And I think an important part, which I've heard a lot too, is to surround yourself by people who think similarly. And that's definitely helped me a lot is like outside of those events is to continue talking about real estate with the friends that I've made there. And they've definitely come in handy when when I've needed them to just give them a call or, or gotten together because... I don't know. We had a question, and yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm reminded of, uh, you know, I think it was at the last event. Um, Michael put up his hand and, and was like, you know, how do I deal with the fact that when I come out with, you know, my my investment plans, my family or like my peer group suddenly starts poking holes in my ideas and 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 have all these reasons why I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, and precisely like instead of you know not only necessarily building team members or finding mentors or doing all of those like sort of like high value things that people think about when they go you know attend networking events like just building a peer group of people that you can talk to about what it is you know people who are even at the same level as you like it's going to help you feel less like an imposter and help you you know have those have a, a resource where you can have those conversations or maybe you don't have to lay it out uh, at dinner with your fa your family or your friends who yeah. are a little bit more risk averse it's true and going back to this concept of it being an emotional roller coaster it's exactly that because going to those networking events brings me up every single time and i leave feeling so motivated and ready to conquer the world and then i go to my family dinners and people are questioning what what we're doing and they're like oh yeah that that doesn't work um, why would you have multiple tenants? Like you don't have time for that. They just bring you down and then your confidence gets shot and then you start doubting yourself too. So that's another benefit of going to the networking events is definitely to bring you back up when you're not able to yourself. Yeah. Over I mean, and I think also like in terms of those rooms, like very often it's a, it's a select room in terms of people who've gone through personal journeys and like personal transformations, right? And so like even if there are people who like have one condo or, or know nothing whatsoever, everybody who's in the room had to get over the comfort zone thing of like, let me show up to a networking event. Let me shake some hands. And so there is an energy about that of like people who actually go out of their way to be like, let me do this thing that's going to help me develop as a person. As opposed to, you know, just going out for coffee or sitting with Netflix or like, you know, having dinners with people that you've sat in, in front of for the last 10 years. Right. Like that. Yeah. Just that in itself. And then so I don't want to, you know, go too far in this. I think we, we kind of went through, um, you know, just the, the starting out phase, the getting over the first hurdle of, of how you move out of your comfort zone, which is to get um, into the networking space. You also mentioned, I think one thing that I want to pull up, pull out a little bit is the fact of going there like intentionally, 
if you go there with a goal, which is like, let's say I have these three questions that I want answers to, or I have these three things that I want to do. It structures the conversations you're going to have and it structures what you're doing in the sense that it's kind of like you're not going to the high school dance or it's not a popularity contest. Like you're not going there to just randomly shake hands with people and like try to make connections. You're going there with an intentional, this is what I want to come away with in terms of information or or something like that. So I think that's for listeners who are are thinking about how to structure those first networking things. I think that's like a, you know, effective way to do it. And then if we move this to kind of the next phase of the journey, and I don't want to give all of that away, um, what was the next step that you felt like you took after just simply being in the room? Yeah. So like I said, we started off with a lot of the free or very cheap um, resources out there. Um, The next step was to go to our first paid event that was $200. And for me, that's a lot of money. I know there's a lot of trainings out there that are thousands, but Baby steps, 200 was a lot for us, and that taught us a lot as well. Um, We definitely were disappointed by parts of it, and we can get into that later, but um, that was the next step was the paid event and also starting to build our our team of people that we would need to get this uh, process started. Okay. Well, Stephanie, I think we've uh, covered a lot of ground in this first uh, episode of the mini-series. Let's leave the team building and the first paid event for episode two. Um, and I, I want to just, you know, thank you for taking the time to share your experience with the audience and to be that voice of the inexperienced investor who will take people through the first maybe three, four, five steps on the journey to demystify it and to make it more accessible um, as a voice, a, a data point. So thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Hopefully I help at least one person. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, remember to give us a rating, leave a comment, subscribe, and share. You can find Terry at terryshower.com. Her book, Mindful Landlord, is available on Amazon. You can also follow her on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. JP is the president of the Real Estate Investors Club. You can learn more about the club's networking and educational activities on Facebook by searching for Real Estate Investors Club. Look to the show notes to find information on our guests and links to material mentioned in the episode.